0: Hi, I'm Linda, and I'm Craig, and this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndytravelPodcast.com.
1: It's episode 248, and today we're talking about how to learn a language, part two. We'll recap some of the tips and advice we gave out, oh, it must have been about a year ago. It, it was in the, the podcast 200 series. It
0: was episode 209, <laughs> which is really some time ago, especially because we haven't been recording every single week recently.
1: Yeah, well, we'll link to that in the show notes, and we'll do an overview of that uh, before we get started. But before we do, what have we been up to for the last week? Two weeks?
0: Yeah, Uh, well, we're still in Berlin. We've got, what, two and a half more weeks here? We're leaving on, yeah, what, two weeks from Friday, and today's Monday, so... Two and a half weeks away. It's really awful. I don't want to leave.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the weather is uh, beginning to cool down and get wetter. It definitely feels like autumn is coming. Yeah, that's right. And you know what happens after that? Then winter is coming, we don't and then in we have to watch Game <laughs> of Thrones again.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> we had a really, really beautiful weekend, and uh, went and sat in the park. Actually, Craig was away for uh, the two days before that. He went down to Nuremberg. And then when he came back, we, we spent the weekend mostly outside. But then today we were working up to the sound of rain on the roof, which is quite nice, you know, when you're in bed, but not so nice if you actually have to leave the house.
1: That's right. And you were down in uh, Austria and Hungary as well?
0: That's right. I was just away for a week, and it was, it was quite nice. Down a little little town called Mattersburg, uh, about two hours train trip from, um, from Vienna. And yeah, I did a quick trip to the border. Which is really, really close. I asked um, some people how long it would take to walk to the border, and they're like, "You wouldn't walk. It would take like two hours." I'm like, "It would take two hours." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: telling me it's one of the first places where the Iron Curtain was breached at the end of the the Cold War period. Yeah,
0: that's right. I can't remember the whole story, but there was a picnic, and the idea was that Austrians and Hungarians could have a picnic in this in this field on either side of the of the fence, and they opened up the fence so people could, you know see each other and talk to each other what they didn't count on was that 700 hungarians went through the fence onto the austrian side and never came back they drove up in their in their soviet cars the travis and just left them there 700 people That's yeah, really it's, a lot that's
1: quite a lot indeed um and it's amazing being here in berlin and thinking about all of you know the wall history and then um thinking about that all the way down there it seems so far away
0: yeah, well, there really was that big division.
1: Yeah, crazy. Well, um, Nuremberg had no big walls apart from the, the city walls. I was down there talking with the uh, the tourism board about travel blogging and new media. And then I had a chance to meet up with Laurel from Monkeys and Mountains, uh, another travel blog. And she's one of the other board members on the Professional Travel Blogs Association. And we had a nice day. We went to the castle and there was a big kind of market fair on and I just can't imagine how busy that place must be for the Christmas markets they have been running Christmas markets since the 1200s I think it is really yeah it's the kind of the original Christmas market um, that people would come to from around the place and yeah it's just just looks amazing
0: I didn't dislike winter so much, I'd definitely be back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are going to be running away. Uh, As we said in the last podcast, our plans are to head up to Ireland, then down into the Balkans, and then by mid-November, we'll be safely ensconced in Australia and then down to New Zealand.
0: Yeah, in fact, we've bought all our tickets. We've got lots and lots of flights from here to Ireland, Ireland to Croatia from Greece to Italy, Italy to Sri Lanka to Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur to Melbourne. But we don't have one essential hop, mm. which is from Australia to New Zealand. Yeah. Must do that today. Yeah.
1: Uh, I got sent an email saying the Emirates were having sales around 180 New Zealand dollars one way between the two countries. Yeah, so well, I looked it up, but I, I didn't to... see
0: anything about that. Oh, I no? So oh,
1: They've been advertising it. We'll find out. We'll find <laughs> out. Um, and... Well, if you're traveling soon, don't forget to pick up your travel insurance through us, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash insurance. Uh, on that page, you'll find podcasts, things to look out for, and quote options from our partners. And if you get a quote and then make a booking through there, we get a commission, and we'll be able to pay off the credit card that we're putting all these flights onto. <laughs>
0: We'd really like it if you did it.
1: Well, today we're talking about how to keep going with language learning. After you've done that initial stuff, how do you find the, the motivation and the, the skills you need to keep going? But first of all, let's quickly recap uh, the stuff from episode 209, which was called Learn a Language While Travelling.
0: Apparently this was published in 2011, so that's two wow. or four years ago. That's a
1: long time um, from when we last talked about language learning, and it's such an important thing.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I mean, we've been going quite well with our language learning. Our Spanish is pretty good now. We had some Spanish friends come to stay and the whole week was just Spanish and it was no problem. Although Craig did get a little bit mocked at one point. I did and
1: Linda's being a little bit modest. She's looking at doing a master's degree in teaching Spanish next year. So yeah your Spanish is doing okay.
0: Your Spanish is great but it was hilarious. He came out to us and said something along the lines of uh, I'm going to um, do that thing with clothes that you do when you wash them And we were like, you're going to wash the clothes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't remember the verb.
0: It was great. But then our friends said that they were speaking to another friend of theirs in English. And they they said, oh, we couldn't remember the word, so we had to do a Craig." (laughs) But that is a good trick. I mean, you've got to work out how to explain around the word if you don't know the word. You know, sometimes yeah, you just won't know it.
1: That's right, and I'm a firm believer now in that speaking is really the only thing you need to do when it comes to language learning. I mean, there's, it helps to do the mechanical work of grammar and vocabulary memorization and things like that, but that's all useless if you're not speaking. And yeah, in fact, you'll learn more by speaking, because then you realise I really need to learn that set of vocabulary, right? Yeah. What is it? Because you have a you have an actual goal to to learn it for. You want to be able to talk with people down at the bar.
0: Yes, although I had a problem with this the other day because I went in to do a trial lesson at a German school, and I went up to the desk and I said in German, "Hello, my name's Linda. I'd like to do a German course for a couple of weeks, and uh, you know I know you have a free trial lesson." And they said, okay, what's your level? And I said, "What my level was, which is about A2, which is, you know, elementary. And that really is my level. Believe me, it really is. And they looked at me incredulously and said, no. And I said, yes. (laughs) And they said, no, no, no. Uh, Well, anyway, there's no space in the A2 class. So she called over a teacher, said, do you have space in your class? And she said, yeah. And then I noticed that it was a B2 class, which is really advanced. I'm like, no, no. (laughs) So I went to the B2 class and I understood some of it and it just was It was too hard, it was too hard because I don't speak very good German. <laughs> so I went back and did the A2 class and the A2 class was too hard because it was all grammar. So I'd understood about half of the B2 class because there was a lot of speaking and, and some listening and that was fine, but the B2 class was reflexive verbs which I'd never studied. I said to the teacher, hi, I'm here for a trial lesson and uh, you know, I just want to sit in. She said, okay, okay, have a seat. She said, but you know, your, your German's quite good, I said, well, okay. And she said, well, we're doing reflexive verbs. You know all about that, won't you? I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think sometimes you do need quite a good, solid grounding in the grammar. But yeah, just getting started speaking is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, well, um, the way that we often learn is by using social networks and either like real people peer networks, um, friends of friends, things like that of people we meet. Or there's some uh, some good online things that we often use to, to jumpstart or to find people to speak to in new cities.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, Talk I is a great uh, social network where you can meet people who are learning a language as well. So if I'm learning German, I could meet a German speaker who's learning English and we could do a little exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find professionals there. Who will teach you? And you buy credits. I talk I credits. I think they're called. And then you use those credits to pay the teachers, and the teachers get paid in credits, and I think they can convert them into money. Mm. And I recently used a service which is called Learned by Me, uh, and it's just for Spanish at the moment, but I think they're planning on expanding it, where you can um, book lessons via Skype with professional teachers, and they cost fifteen U.S. dollars per forty-five minute hour, and I found it really good.
1: And you struggled with that a bit, being in Berlin and finding a, a time that worked out. But I guess if you're in the Americas, it makes it a lot easier in terms of time zones.
0: Yeah, the only problem was I really wanted a lesson in the morning because I was busy that afternoon. But if I could have the lesson in the afternoon, it was no problem. So mm-hmm. I ended up having my lesson in the afternoon a few days later.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're going to write up a review of that for the review section? Yep. Excellent, excellent. Um, You could use networks like Couchsurfing as well. Um, You know, you can use it to meet up with people for a beer or find a place to stay. You can also go along to one of the many meetups that are in most cities. Yeah, we haven't done that. um, (laughs) Why? Yeah, too busy, I think is the answer to that. And uh, find other people to speak to.
0: Yeah. And there are also websites like My My Language Exchange or My Conversation Exchange, I can't remember what it is exactly, where you can meet people to do a language exchange. Mm Mm-hmm. So you meet up in person, which is good. I like meeting up with people. Although you can also use eBay or... uh, eBay? Yeah. To meet up with people. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or Craigslist or in New Zealand it would be Gumtree, Mm -hmm. whatever. You just look for the personal ads.
1: Yeah, cool. Oh, well, um, some other quick tips for beginners before we move on to uh, the main meat of today's show use repetition to get things flowing, like create simple things, simple phrases that you use often and use those as a trigger to get your mind into the conversation and get your mind into the language. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the beginning like, hi, how are you? Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'd like a beer, please. That kind of stuff can connect as a trigger yeah. and use that repetition to kind of get things flowing.
0: And you can also use uh, flashcards to learn vocabulary. So uh, there's lots of different ways to, to make flashcards. But uh, yeah, I think you have to find a way that works for yourself.
1: Yeah, using SRS, like a, a spaced repetition system, can be really good. But I always find I'm too lazy and don't put enough into vocabulary to make the most of it. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm on it for a few days, maybe a few weeks. And then a month later, I'm like, I really should go back to that. And my review list then has all of my words yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but remember that if you want to speak the words rather than recognize it, you have to go English into target language rather than do the recognition work of target yeah. work into English. Uh, and that's the other common common problem is that we work so much on recognition, uh, we grow a big passive vocabulary but then it's hard to produce it because you're so used to going target language to English, target language to English.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm using Babel at the moment to help me learn some vocabulary in German, and it's quite good mm-hmm. because they, they have lots of different ways of helping you recognize it, but then you also have to see the picture and... And actually type in what the word is, mm-hmm. and that that's quite useful.
1: Yeah, it is because you're disassociating it from a translation exercise. there mm-hmm. eh? you're yeah. attaching it to the to the thought to the idea of the thing. They, they do
0: have the word underneath the picture, but I try not to read it.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. And Babel's uh, iOS app, eh?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that free? Did I you pay don't for know, it? I can't remember. If we I... paid for it, it was a long while away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think they have a, a light version anyway, so you should not look into it.
1: Mm. Well, wow. the main uh, point of today's show is after you've got beyond that, after you're uh, like Linda at this kind of late A1, A2 level of language learning, you've got the basics and need to keep on going. How on earth do you keep going? Because we've yeah. met so many people and I'm often the same way. It's like I've learned this language and I used to be able to speak it and now I, I don't speak it anymore. Yeah. I've, I've lost everything that I had.
0: Yeah, or you get to a level where you're like, oh, I just can't be bothered. I've, I've learned enough, and I felt a bit like this with German. I, I learned enough, and I'm like, come on, I'm in Berlin. I've got to learn a bit more. I need to be able to at least have a small conversation. And um, one of the big things I realized that I certainly need an external influence. I need something outside of me to keep me going. Because if I say, come on, Linda, you're going to study German every day, that lasts for about three days. And then I don't do it anymore.
1: Ah, wow, that's good. I normally get as far as making a study plan. Oh, yeah, study plans are great. <laughs> Maybe finding a new video series to mm, watch. Yeah, yeah, watching them doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: got, I went on and I found a whole bunch of apps. And yeah. I played with them and then didn't play with them anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I found an external influence is really good. So you can either meet up with a friend who's studying the same language as you. But that's one option. I think it's best to get into a class or just have a private tutor. So if you're in a city that has uh, a language school that you can go to even once a week or twice a week, or if a community college near you does night classes once a week or twice a week, that's one way to do it. Personally, I find I need small groups. I've been to classes before and I just find, no, I want more attention. I'm really selfish. I want all the teachers' attention from me. Well, me and Craig, that's fine. So when we were in Jerez, we, we hired a teacher called Tanya, and we met up with her once a week in a, in a, in a cafe, and uh, she taught us some German. So it was a really good kind of base level. And I found that just by having this external thing, I wasn't going to just do that one lesson. I did a little bit more. I'd do my homework, and I'd play on my app or something like that. Do you find that works for you, Craig?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I'm not overly stressed like I was in here, mm-hmm. then it does work out. I and mean, what I normally find myself doing is going, okay, we're going to see the tutor again tomorrow or this afternoon. So I really need to actually revise that stuff and learn it. Yeah. And so I find it works best if I have like three classes a week and a, a feeling of having to uh, have done something, mm-hmm. you know, before then. Every day, I just get stuck in the, the rhythm. But if there's a day or two between each class, I find yeah. that really helps because okay. then I can relax and forget everything and then go, oh no, I need to learn this. And then, you know, get back into it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I need routine. Like for the last week, I've said, okay, you're going to do two hours of German study every morning. And I've done it. I've, I've gone to the library, I've studied for two hours, and I've come home. And I couldn't keep that up for a long time. But since I've only got two weeks before I'm going away again, I know that I can do it for two weeks. And then when I get back from being away, I'll, I'll try again. So I need to keep setting these little goals for mm. one week or whatever. Uh, because, yeah, this, this class that I went to didn't have a class at my level. So I couldn't uh, join the school, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah. So
1: thinking about that and thinking about, you know, we talked about using couch surfing or something like that, some social network to find people. Do you think it's better to have uh, like a group of friends that you talk to in your target language or is it better to have um, someone you don't have such a strong emotional connection with, like a language exchange partner? And the, the only point of talking to this person is doing the language exchange. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think it's a good idea to have a mix. I think it's quite important to have a tutor if you can, if you can afford it. Get a tutor even just once a week so that you can... You know that you've got a trained person who knows what they're talking about, who's entirely focused on you and will tell you your errors. That's really great. Then if you can also have a language exchange partner where the whole idea is to speak a language and you're there, the point is to speak a language. You speak half the time in your language and half the time the language you're learning. And then, yeah, if you, if you want to meet up with some friends as well, then that's great. But uh, we tried doing that when we were in Spain and it didn't always work because I kept wanting to speak only Spanish over lunch and... Everyone else just wanted to eat lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happens. That happens.
0: Um,
1: so next up then is keep it interesting. And this is where I struggle because I get to a certain level where I'm, I'm learning things and learning things and learning things quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's all interesting. It's like every day I'm able to communicate a bit more with people. And that's exciting. You get real rapid feedback. And then there comes a time when you plateau. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've looked at the studies when I was a teacher. And you might plateau for a couple of weeks or you might plateau for a couple of months. It really depends on a lot on what you've learned and how quickly you've learned it and the types of input you're getting. Um, and, And that's when it gets boring. And I think that's when most people are most likely to give up. Mm-hmm. Like at first it's a bit hard and then you get over that because you're able to speak to people and that's exciting and you learn 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 and then you just get stuck So what can you do during those those learning plateaus when it just feels hard?
0: Well, I suppose you just got to keep going as much as you can one thing is to make friends I mean if you're hanging out with people who you like if your language exchange partner is someone you like to talk to Then just keeping on speaking in the language with that person will be great like when I first started learning Spanish Craig was off on his um, at his class, I think it was on Wednesdays, and I had my class on Thursdays. So on Wednesdays, I'd stay at home and I'd study, but I'd mostly just chat with people. I made a whole bunch of friends online and I'd talk with them. And uh, one of my really good friends now is a who uh, we met in person in, in Coruña. We met it just through a language exchange site. We'd talk once a week in English and Spanish, and I really loved talking to her. I was chatting with her on WhatsApp the other day, and, you know, she's just hilarious. It's great. So it doesn't matter whether we're speaking English or Spanish, we try to keep it half and half. But I just like her company. And because we mostly speak in Spanish, well, it's pretty even, I suppose. But, yeah, we keep it even and sometimes speak in Spanish, which means I'm practicing my Spanish, and sometimes speak in English, which means she's practicing her English. And that's really cool.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Um, And, yeah, what else can you do to, to make language learning interesting?
0: I suppose you've got to vary it up a bit. Like, I was saying that um, I've been doing two hours of German every morning, which is quite a lot, and it can be a bit boring. <laughs> and I've been doing a lot of grammar because I really don't know any German grammar. So what I do is I have a grammar book. I'll do one unit from the grammar book, and then I'll do a unit of um, from Babel, which is a bit more fun. It's interactive. I'm pressing buttons. I'm listening. And then I'll do a unit of uh, Busuu, which is another app that I've got. Then I'll... Uh, maybe read an article from a magazine just just do things a bit differently
1: hmm so you're using all of your different learning skills like kinesthetic and reading and listening and yeah yeah and the kind of mechanical work of grammar and repetition and those kind of exercises
0: yeah so I'll do the grammar first because it's the most boring and then I'll reward myself <laughs> <laughs> with a, with an app <laughs> yeah so don't just do grammar it's it's boring. Yeah, it is boring, I, but you do a little bit of it and then do something more interesting.
1: Yeah, I think that was the big, uh, the big breakthrough for me when it came to language learning. Because during high school, language learning was doing fill-in-the-gap exercises and memorizing long lists of words and conjugating Latin verbs and <laughs> trying to figure out who belonged to what, where or when and why. You know, from a couple of vowels at the end of the word, mm-hmm. and that didn't excite me at all. And so when people told me that Spanish, you know, was closely related to Latin and had, yeah, you know, you've got your kind of cases and possessives and self-reflexive things and all that. It's like, (laughs) ah. Scary. But but yeah, but by, by talking and by using the grammar to figure out what I already knew, you know, like I was using the language And then in order to understand why I was copying it and using it that way, the grammar kind of helped that. Whereas I think a lot of language learners start with doing the grammar stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, that didn't work. And I've noticed with students I've taught in the past, some people can, can do that. But the vast majority of students I've taught in the past have found that doing communicative work and using grammar and kind of vocabulary study to to back it up has helped a lot more
0: yeah that's right so i think the main thing is to speak as much as possible find someone who you can speak to speak with that person once a week <laughs> <laughs> or find several people and speak with them and when you're doing self-study but it's more grammar and vocabulary based don't just do grammar don't just get a grammar book do a little bit of that do a little bit of playing with apps find some songs i mean i've just downloaded a whole bunch of german music and i listen to that when i'm on the Bahn and i don't understand most of it but you know, <laughs> I'm trying to pick out a few words here and there. I'm like, Ooh, bist, right. <laughs> oh, best, right. Oh, yeah. gosh, I really need to learn more German. <laughs>
1: At least German doesn't have an equivalent of reggaeton, so my ears I'm are sure safe. I'm sure I could find it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: no. Oh, it was so hilarious. When I was learning Spanish, I, I found this really terrible genre of music called reggaeton. And I don't like it very much, but there were a couple of songs that I quite enjoyed. And I listened to it and I wrote down the the lyrics and tried to translate and work out what it meant. And it was was shocking. It was really (laughs) shocking. And every time I listened to it, I'd laugh at myself for enjoying it because it was so bad. It was so bad. And then it would come up on Craig's um, list of most listened to music. He's like, no!
1: (laughs) Completely destroyed my automatic recommendations from iTunes. All of a sudden I was getting all of these... Uh, I don't know, like Spanish hip hop and South South American Central American hip hop rap, it's all not sorts of stuff. I it? know it's not, but that that's what started coming up. Yeah. It was like, yeah, hilarious. And I was like, no, bring back Pearl Jam and Metallica <laughs> and and things that I like. Where is Soundgarden gone? It's no. okay. I
0: I later found some very good quality Spanish rock. <laughs> and the world reestablished itself. <laughs> But sometimes I still do listen to that music and just laugh at myself again. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, um, that's how you can continue learning a language after you've got the basics, and it really comes down to communication. So we talked about giving yourself some external influences, something that you you have to do time after time, no reason to keep on studying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keeping it interesting by mixing and matching your learning styles and your inputs and outputs. And also making friends, because at the end of the day, if you want to be able to speak to someone, that's the biggest motivation at all for language learning.
0: For sure. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. Until next time, travel well.